silent night. All right, I got a few presents I can wrap and squeeze in before this sermon tonight. Here we go. Holy night. Yeah, 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 I should do that first. Okay. We don't put Legos up the dog's nose. Winston, Winston, don't chase after Millie. Don't put the Lego. Get your father on the phone. Get your father. Christmas finally on time this year. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yes. Yes, I did it. I did it. I. dig deep for that one. <laughs> How many of you tonight would love to experience an extra measure of peace? Anyone? 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 Yeah, life a little chaotic, a little out there. <laughs> That's how I felt. In fact, I, I, right before I, I began tonight and thinking about the Prince of Peace, I was driving across Fargo-Moorhead, had to get from one place to another and another, and I came walking in, and, and Virginia, who's here at the West Campus, she looked at me and she goes, well, I don't think you'll be playing a character tonight. I'm like, no, it's all me. This is my life. It's, it's not always peaceful. It's not always peaceful. It can be chaotic. And when I desire peace, as I think about what the Prince of Peace means, who Jesus is as the Prince of Peace, I'll be honest, when I think of the word peace, I, I, I don't always think of what Jesus always promises to bring. I, I think of things like people getting along, right? 
People stop arguing, those difficult family dynamics that people can finally get along. I think of no violence. When I look out at the world, I, I just, I'm begging God for world peace, for no more violence. I, I, I also think of quiet time. I've been searching out those moments, those corners of time where I can sit in front of the Christmas tree and the fireplace and, and just have that slice of quiet of time with God. I think of things like loved ones doing well. We don't have medical diagnoses hanging over our heads. Think of no problems at all at work, at home, with our neighbors. Everything is just grand peace. But what does it really mean that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? When we think of that word peace, does it really align with who Jesus is as the Prince of Peace? As we prepare to celebrate his birth, what does it mean to prepare to receive his peace? The peace that he tells us in our gospel lesson that he doesn't give as the world gives. And he's going to give his peace to us. Well, in Isaiah 9, 6, I think we can get a glimpse into who this Prince of Peace is. In Isaiah 9, 6, that Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the Hebrew language, I love it because in the Hebrew language, one word can have lots and lots of meaning to give a bigger, a fuller picture of what they're trying to convey. And, and so this word shalom can also be understood not just as harmony, not just as safety and contentment, a lot of the things that I think of when I think of peace, but it also means wholeness, completeness, prosperity. Those words, when put all together, we can imagine pieces as little bits and pieces of that, but all together, you know, it can seem really out of this world. Like, really, can, is that kind of peace possible? As we paint that picture of peace, is it possible? In Jesus, it is. On our own, that kind of peace, I don't think is possible. But in Jesus, it is. You see, when Isaiah wrote those words, that there would come one who is a wonderful, wonderful one, this, this son who is wonderful, who's a counselor, who's a mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. When Isaiah wrote those words, it's thought that most of the words that he wrote in his book, in his prophecies, was written under the Babylonian time of captivity for Israel. So when Israel heard these words, they longed. When they heard the word shalom, they longed for all the things that it meant. They desired it, and they knew that on their own, they couldn't have it. Under Babylonian oppression, they, they couldn't even taste it. And yet, they longed, they desired, they prayed for shalom. But the one whom the prophet spoke of wouldn't be born for another 800 years. For 800 years, Israel would have to wait for this shalom, prince of peace, to enter into the world. But when Jesus was born, 
You see, when Jesus was born, we entered into another odd time. In fact, in this time in the Western world, it was called the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. It was about 30 years before Jesus was born that it started. And it wouldn't end again until about 150 years after he died. But this Pax Romana, this Roman peace, it wasn't real peace. It came at a cost. And that cost was violence and oppression towards the people who lived in the areas that Rome expanded into. And that included Israel. And so it was under that kind of peace that Jesus spoke these words of peace that are written in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. When Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He knew that the peace that they were living under was no peace at all. Yes, it was by the the strict rule of thumb. It was under an impressive Roman Empire, but he knew that this wasn't true peace. And he wanted to give them that. He told his disciples about this peace because he knew that the struggles that they they faced in the world, that he too would face it head on. He would face on, take on his own suffering on a cross. He said these words right before he would be arrested in a garden. And these words of peace, he also knew the chaos and the struggle that the disciples would continue to experience even after his death and resurrection. He knew that they would need a peace that would be in the world and out of this world, that they would experience now, but it wouldn't come from them. It would come from God. They needed a divine intervention. So there's only one kind of peace that Christ can give. And that kind of peace, it's in the firm foundation in knowing that God is with us. God is for us, and God will always, always hold us in the palm of his hand. We know that in Jesus, but what does that look like in reality? What what does that kind of peace that only Christ can give, knowing that Christ died on a cross for us, that Christ would be risen again, that Christ loves us so much that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in in our Savior, Jesus Christ? What does that look like? Well, for me, the first time I ever saw that kind of peace that just defied all reality. <laughs> I didn't understand how, how somebody could have peace in the midst of the storm. I, I was a young adult. I was 21 years old. And, and of course, September 11th, the attack on, on our own nation's soil, terrorist attacks happened. I remember right where I was, I, I was at school when I got the news that the school would be shutting down because of our proximity to um, the headquarters for GM and Chrysler and uh, the headquarters, and, and so the school I went to, I, I had to go home, and, and I heard the news of what was happening, and, and it was chaotic. I couldn't get home. The roads were packed because everybody was trying to get home, and, and you turned on the news, and it was frantic, and everybody's worried. Everybody's anxious. I mean, there was no peace that day, and all I could think of is, is who, who do I call? Who do I talk to? Who do I call to get through and tell them I'm okay, I'm headed home, and the person I called was my grandmother, And when I called my grandmother, I asked her, Grandma, 
what happens now? How do we get through this? Well, my grandmother, having lived through the Depression and World War II and all of the ups and downs in our nation, she said, Sarah, God saw us through so much. He saw us through World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam War. He saw us through a lot of hard, hard things, and he's going to see us through this again. Remember, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And God's got you. It was that kind of peace I desperately needed, reminding of when our four-week-old son was hospitalized with a bad infection. I didn't have any sense of peace again on that day. But my friend Karen who had two boys with high medical needs, reminded me that no matter what happens with my sick child, good or bad, that God loves my baby more than I do, more than I can even imagine, and that no matter what, my son will be okay. Because of Jesus. Because of him. Because of this Prince of Peace being born for us. Everything is going to be okay. I didn't have peace, but when Karen said those words, I understood. So often we look at our situation in our world and we just see this narrow scope, but when we take on the eyes of God, who sees all of creation and all of life from the very beginning to the very end, and how he has promised not only to create us and be with us, but also to redeem us, to see it over in that long arch, we can understand that this prince of peace who comes into the world, he comes to give us what the world cannot give us or ever take away, the sure knowledge that Jesus, this one, this Prince of Peace, this one who is God with skin on, this one who is Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the one who loved us so much that he gave up heaven to be with us, to die for us, and then was raised from the dead for us is the only one whom we can build our life on. And no matter what is shaking around us, we have a firm place to stand and we can experience peace. The peace that, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, this peace that passes all understanding. Peace that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Peace that holds us up and holds us firm during any storm. Peace that assures us that even when the world does its worst, there is a God who is at his best and making all things right. Peace that when it feels like, oh man, life is a mess and falling apart, he puts us together and makes us whole. But how can we prepare to receive this peace year after year on Christmas? I think there's some very real, tangible steps that we can take to truly receive and invite God's peace in. Paul writes in Philippians 4, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the first thing we can do is, is pray. 
the first thing that we can do is get, get real honest with ourselves, get real honest with God. Where is there chaos? Where is this, this you do not feel peace. You, you feel the brokenness of this world and of life. Invite God in, give them to God in prayer. Surrender those places and spaces and people in your life where you know you do not have peace. And let God's grace and love enter in to make room for that Prince of Peace. Second thing I think we can do to prepare that place for peace is to, buy, is to offer peace to others. To offer the peace of God, the love of God to others. And Paul continues after writing about God's peace that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Not only do we lift the things that we need peace for up to God, but we also set our minds and our actions on bringing peace into this world. Focus on how you can join with God in bringing his peace and hope into the world. This Advent, we've got this, this targeted giving for a Salvation Army. There's a lot of great organizations in our town to be generous and, and to, to help heal and bring peace into other people's lives. And, and here at Hope, we're focusing just this avenue on Salvation Army. They do incredible work in our community. We have hundreds of families who at Thanksgiving were able to receive food uh, baskets. They are, these are families and, and people on the margins in our society who, who would otherwise go without. But the Salvation Army, they meet people's basic needs. And for one day, even if it was just for Thanksgiving, they had peace. Well, now we have an opportunity to give of ourselves, to give peace away by providing a gift for young children in our community who might not otherwise receive gifts from family members for Christmas. And you can pick up an angel tree gift tag and you can give a gift to a child or you can make a financial donation to the Salvation Army because day after day, year after year, the Salvation Army helps provide food, helps provide clothing and basic necessities for people in need in our community. They do incredible work in Jesus' name. And we can do that with them. So we can have the Prince of Peace. We can experience the Prince of Peace. When we give God those chaotic places in our lives, and when we give of ourselves in God's name to bring peace to others. For unto us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise this day for your son, Jesus Christ, for the peace that he invites us to receive and to participate in in this world. Lord, as, as much as we try to grasp for peace in our lives, we know that true peace, that peace that passes on all understanding, it only comes from you. So help us to receive it, Lord. Help us to share it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.